Welcome team. I am so excited because Isaac Butterfield, the butts man. This is this is very unique for my show, brother, because I've so far had businessmen, I've had head coaches, I've had world champion athletes, I've had all types. And now you've got the big gun. But I haven't had the big gun and I haven't <laughs> had I haven't had a comedian. Okay. So it might be all well, it won't be nothing's awkward for you, but but I'm gonna find the serious side of you because I my podcast is about helping other people or inspiring other people. They're all usually they're people that are teachers, coaches, um, people that are aiming high in their own career, helping other people. So I'm not sure about the the comedy stuff, but if you make us laugh, that's a bonus. But I, I want to go the, the the serious side of you, mate, because it's a fascinating story. I've I was very privileged to be a part of the start of your career yes. on that night, which we'll have to talk about. And I've followed your journey from afar. I was in London once and my son spotted you. He said, Dad, 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 that's the Buttsman. That was strange, Remember? wasn't it? Yeah, we yeah, were I about did. to go on the London Eye. London Eye, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, I said to my son, what do you mean? That's my mate's son. Like, what? Dad, he's huge, he's huge. And at that stage, I, I didn't realise, mate. I remember when you were starting out. I didn't realise how huge. And now, like, you don't get 1.8 million YouTube subscribers by not working hard. Mm. So I'd like to go there. I'd like to, nothing scripted here, mate, as you know, but I'd, I'd like to talk about your journey, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. Um, um, where did it start? What made you think? I always wanted to play footy. Yeah, okay. I wanted to follow in Dad's footsteps. That was my big thing. I always wanted to play footy, but I wasn't very good. Right. I was, I, you know, I was okay but never made rep squads or anything like that. But I decided sort of around maybe high school or something that I wanted to be a comedian and I had no idea how to do it. Like just no, because there's no, it's not like you go to university or you want to join the coppers or the ambos or whatever. You know, there's a, there's a structure in place for how you do it. Or even with, with football, you know, you, you get rep squads, you go here, you join this, you do this, you do that, and then you make first grade. For comedy, there's nothing. There's no sort of structure put in place for how you do it. So I basically throughout my childhood sort of started to do, like even like in, in primary school, like I'd host the talent quest, you know, in year four and five and six, I'd host it. So I was doing yeah. public speaking and all that type of stuff from a young age, cracking jokes and all that type of stuff. I remember I, I, I said something on stage at, at uh, one of these shows, these talent quests in year five, and I got like a letter home for what I had said. I can't remember what I said at this point, but it was offensive apparently. So I sort of, I've always been okay. a prick. Um, so but that started back then. Yeah, yeah. I always sort of pushed those sort of <laughs> buttons or boundaries or whatever you want to call them. But it wasn't until I sort of started to see other comedians, like people like Jim Jeffries. And I saw him, because in Australia, you see uh, the, the Melbourne International Comedy Festival Roadshow or the gala that goes on Channel 10. You see that quite a bit and it's all clean comedy you know you might get a few f's and c or not c's but you get a few f's and s's and all that type of stuff but you never get really offensive material but that's what i found funny i don't write clean stuff i don't enjoy it it's not fun for me it's boring it's something you'd tell in the office like how dull is that i want to go to a comedy show and think oh my god the things i'm laughing at are horrible and outrageous but i'm having a good time forget about all the problems in the world and you know it doesn't matter what skin colour you are or religion you are, you can all laugh together. Uh, I saw Jim Jeffries and I thought, okay, he does offensive comedy, so this must be a thing. Right. Um, 
And then I was listening, I think it must have been, it was after high school, maybe 2000, I finished high school in 2011, right? So I'm, I'm nearly 30. And basically it was a Joe Rogan episode with a bloke called Joey Diaz. And they were talking about how they started out in stand-up. They wrote five minutes of material, which takes a considerable amount of time, yeah. uh, especially when you've never done, never done it before. Now I can write five minutes of material, it might be good or bad, but I can do it in an afternoon and perform it that night. Yeah. Uh, this took me months, and you also get to get the, the courage up to do it. Uh, they then said, you just go and find an open mic night and you do it. So I found an open mic night uh, and I, I went and, and, and did it. But the catalyst for that was I was diagnosed with this, um, this form of epilepsy disorder. It's not really epilepsy, but it's in the same family. It's just easier to say epilepsy. It's called paratismal dyskinesia. Epilepsy is a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll stick with epilepsy. Yeah. <laughs> but basically what happens is I lose control of my head and neck and I go blind in this eye. So when I was playing football, this was happening every now and then. So I'd have a hit up or I'd make a tackle uh, and basically I'd lose control of my neck for like 10 seconds. I, I don't lose consciousness or anything. Yeah. I, there was a couple of times that happened at really shit moments too. I had a hit up over at Wall's End there one day off the kickoff and ran straight at this bloke knocked him out and I was you know mad hero yeah legend yeah, yeah. knocked him out cold your dad would have been it was great and yeah. it, because I I'd been copping it from the hill at at, uh, at Walls End there like they hated me and this was you know this is open grade footy you know yeah, everyone's yeah, blind yeah. drunk on a Saturday afternoon giving it to me I score a try and then I have this hitter so this is like a big thing I've yeah. knocked him out I stand up and then I have one of these attack so I'm on the ground going oh fuck in all, all moments it had to be now and other times I think I I, 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 I shoulder charge back when you could shoulder charge yeah. this bloke and we, we got the ball back and scored and it was a great moment but I'm on the ground going oh fuck here we go so you knew what it was but to the people on the <coughs> sideline it would have been a bit of a worry or well it just looked like I went down hurt yeah okay. you can't really see gotcha but anyway I got diagnosed with that and the doctor I went to at the time said, oh, it could be this, it could be that. We didn't know what it was. He said, you, you could be end up in a wheelchair in a couple of years. Yeah. And I was like, I got told that on my 21st birthday. And so that was pretty full on. And so basically it was a foot up the arse. It was like, okay, I need to do this now or it's not going to happen. So a couple of weeks later, I did my first set, yeah. did well. Had my, my ending joke was about, uh, or my closer was about uh, Ray Warren commenting, commentating porn. Yeah. That was my closer. It was for years. Yeah. Uh, and it did well. Uh, and, and then I just kept going and kept going and kept going to the point where I was doing shows in Sydney and all that type of stuff. And I was like, right, I need, I'm not going to get picked up by one of these mainstream mobs. I need to make my own audience online. And I was with my wife, Claire, a girlfriend at the time. And we, I basically said to her, listen, let's, she, she gave me all the confidence in the world. She said, you can do this. You've got this. You know, um, I need to start making videos. And I, gave, I came up with this whole idea that there was no other option, there was no plan B, because without yeah. this, I'm just a, a pleb. I, I, don't have a, you know, I don't have a degree, I don't have any of those type of things or, or skills, like I was, you know, I was good at like marketing and all that type of stuff, but I don't wanna do that. Yeah. So I basically gave myself no other option. Like no, I said, there's no plan B with this, it has to work. And that's something that I do everything by my, with my life now. It's like you give yourself no out. Because if you give yourself no out, it's the same with my training and all that type of stuff. Like I taught myself how to run 10Ks. I thought I could never be able to run 10Ks. I just said, listen, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do 2Ks for a week, then 4Ks for a week and build it up. And there's no stopping. There's no out. And then eventually I was doing 15Ks 
you know, on my head, easy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then just for, for a year, I did uh, three videos a week on Facebook and YouTube. Never got much traction. A couple might get 10,000 views here or there. And uh, one day, one video just popped off. And then I kept doing three videos a week. I've done that now for four years. And yeah. Mate, there is so much gold in that five minutes that I've got to try to remember it to go back to. But things like even the support of your wife there. Oh, like, yeah. Like to have the backing of someone to go, yeah. She's unbelievable. You know, with like, that. Like she that, believes in everything that I do. That then just was. Mm. So again, every time I talk on this podcast, I'm thinking about how is this helping someone mm. else? That there is huge. But even you started by like, you were a real um, beginner stage or apprentice <clears> stage <throat> of how hard it was to write five minutes of material. But you did that, you did that, you did that, you did that. And now it's easier. Mm. Like there's, little, yeah. there's little nuggets of gold in so much of what you just said yeah. that there is no wonder like I, I know your father and I know his work ethic and I know what he he achieved, hundreds of games in the NRL and you know, a, a legend status in that game. I mean, there's people that watch, there's a lot of rugby league listeners, but there's other people that aren't. But Tony Butterfield was, was a legend in, in a lot of people's eyes. I've been privileged to work with him and get to know him. And I can see there's that influence in you, mm. like that hard work ethic and that drive. I don't know where the funny... Actually, I've had some funny moments with your dad. But there's a funny influence He's not a funny yourself. person. He's not. I'm wondering he's where the, where's the funny side come from. I don't from. know. He's, uh, he thinks he's funny. He tries to tell me how to write jokes. It's No, no. It's the deplorable. funniest thing he did to me was we were away on a camp working with a representative team and I was trying to, we went to a pub and I was trying to find him and ring him up. Ring him up. Where are you? He goes... If you want to see moves like Jagger, you come upstairs. <laughs> so I went upstairs and he waited. He waited for me to pop my head up the stairs. So he jumped out on the dance floor and whatever. So I've had some great times with him, but yep. I can see the work ethic in you from that's an influence. But where was your funny side influence? And what made you in year five do that controversial thing? Because now your, your comedy is pretty controversial. Mm which obviously gets you so many views and it's very deliberate yeah, and plus yeah. you enjoy it. Um, yeah. Where, where did that side come from? What was well, the influence? I, I honestly think that because I was, I was a fat kid, right. hard to make friends when you're a fat kid, so you have to develop a, a sense of humour. Right. And I, I think that's exactly where it came from. Had to develop a sense of humour to make friends. Me and one of my best mates in primary school, we were the two funny kids in the school. Uh, same for high school. And that was it, you know, that, that, that's how we sort of, I don't know. And I've, I've, I've just always sort of been quick-witted and yeah. always said the, the most heinous shit at the, at the most inappropriate of times in a jovial way. Like there's a way to say it where you can get away with things. Like when I say something horrible on stage, I always say it with a big smile on my face. And when you are in a comedy room, you enter into a contract knowing that everything that person says on stage usually is not true at all. It's yes. all pretend. You know, yeah. it's like when you go to the movies and watch an action movie. If you see, you know, Ryan Reynolds shoot someone, you don't go and blow up at Ryan Reynolds saying you're a murderer. Like, it's not yeah. real. It's yeah. not pretend. Yeah. It, it's yeah. pretend. It's not real. So it's the same with stand-up. But I don't know where the controversial side of things come from. I think it's just how people develop a sense of humour. Yeah. But, but the old man, he's not controversial at all. No. Mum's um, not. Uh, my, grand, my grandma and my grandfather are pretty funny people, but they're not that controversial. I think it's just you sort of develop it over time, really. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, his his worth ethic, he's always been like, if he's got to do something, he'll do it until it is done. Like, I know when we were kids and uh, whatever had to be done, if he was like clearing a backyard, whatever, whatever he was doing, he'd do it from four in the arvo to three in the morning if he had to get it done by the next day. Like, he would just do it. Like, he's out at at Colton and Penrith, like, you know, rough part of the world. Um, So I don't know how bad it is now, but... Uh, I don't think it's as bad, but rough part of the world, like you just you yeah. fight for everything you have, sort of thing. Yeah, and that's that's yeah. where he got that from. I don't have that sort of drive. I don't think. I think our drive is very different, but very similar at the same time. Yeah, you can see the influence. Yeah, sure. definitely. You he, can see the influence because you can't. As good as you are now, I dare say there's a lot of setbacks. Like even you mentioned before, like you started punching out a few videos a week and not getting much traction mm. and i dare say there was sometimes you're getting hammered by people because of the controversial did, oh, did, yeah. did that ever affect you like you know that it's not real you know it's deliberate was there ever anything you did that oh shit should i have said that or like um or or the or the uh what's the word <laughs> the uh politically correct people that are hammering you did it ever hurt you or not no um there's two pile-ons that really happen, I think, in anyone's, well, in any comedian's career. You get cancelled. I've been cancelled three or four times, whatever. Yeah. Uh, the early pile-on is from the people around you, your mates. Right. You know, you start doing something that's abnormal and they, they bag you and they hate you and they, they carry on like that. Like, they're just like, no, this is stupid. Why would you do that? And you have to get past that. And that, le- that led me to leave a lot of people in the dust, you know? Yeah. And I think that sort of... Um, that breakup with those people is very important in people's career trajectory and personal trajectory as well because if you don't leave them in the dust then you're just hanging out with them and misery loves company I love that saying it is yeah. so true if people have you know painful lives they don't like their missus they don't like their kids they want to drag you down yeah. it's like with, with Claire being pregnant now everyone's oh it's going to be terrible you'll never sleep again you know, like people just love yeah, dragging you yeah, down yeah, doesn't matter yeah. what happiness you have like she's telling people about the baby with this beautiful smile on her face and they're like oh it's going to be terrible ah. <laughs> you know what I mean like and people do that with everything yeah, yeah, like you're yeah. not going to make it as a comedian you're not going to do this why were you trying you're not a good footballer you don't do people bring you down because yeah for a lot of people if you just said like you say, there was no pathway, there was no education. If you said to someone, hey, I'm going to make a living from being a comedian, I dare say a lot of people said, mate, you've got no chance. You yeah, won't. you're not funny. You That's what I got all the time. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. But it's, um, <clears throat> it's one thing to be funny around your mates at the pub, and then there's another thing about making 2,000 people laugh at a theatre. Yeah. Doing it's a very different bit. world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and particularly doing it for an hour. But that was a learning curve. I did my first hour, uh, first time I ever did an hour on stage is in front of about 150 people in Sydney yeah. uh, for my first like show after I sort of, you know, started getting a little bit of notoriety. Um, definitely the show wasn't ready or anything, but you just, you got to do it. So you do it, you know yeah. what I mean? So um, it was, it was interesting to leave those people, but the second and third and fourth time, you know, people come for you, it's the, the cancellation. So there was a joke about Jewish people that I did uh, in, in Melbourne and it got a lot of heat. Like even the Israel Times was talking about it. Like yeah, it was right. a big deal. And people say, you hate Jewish people. Like, I've never met a Jewish person. I, why, why would I hate them? I don't know anything about Jewish yeah. people. You know, yeah. in Newcastle, there's very few Jew, 
Jews, like, you know, I got no hate. Yeah. Uh, and then there was something about, there was the Christchurch massacre. I did a joke about that. A lot of people, I had 70,000 DMs, people. Wow. Yeah, 70,000 in 24 hours too. Angry people, death threats, I'm going to kill you, I'll kill your wife, I'll skin your dogs, all this type of shit. Yeah. Mad right. stuff. Um, there's been other ones since then, but it's yeah. all, it's, I just capitalize on it. Of course. I just go, I put out a video, I sell merch, I sell tickets, and that's how I make money. I love that story because, again, the type of listeners here is you've got, you've just delivered something there that just reminded me of my own son recently. He got me to buy this little boat. Bit of a, yeah. <laughs> you know, Dad, Dad, if I buy this, I can do this, I can do that. So I just backed him a bit, mm. takes it down this expert expert, you know, 60, 70-year-old bloke who's fixed boat engines for the last 40 years, tells a 16-year-old kid, you've got more chance of winning the lotto mm. than fixing this motor. Looks at me, Dad. Dad, you've been ripped off here, brother. You want to get, you get your money back or this is impossible to fix. So the young mind goes, I'll just go and teach himself. So he went on YouTube and he taught himself and he tinkered with it and him and his mates and they spent mm -hmm. hours and hours and hours teaching himself. He's on that boat <coughs> fishing every week now. Is he? And it inspires me yeah. as a dad that I've got a son who just went, no, I'm yeah. going to ignore that negativity. The same way you ignored people saying you'll never make it as a comedian. Like I've just walked in here, this studio is unbelievable, but I asked you some questions. You taught yourself how to edit. You mm. taught yourself, you spent years and years and hours and hours. Now you employ people to do that, but that's impressive. But YouTube can teach you anything. That's, yeah. the, that's the great thing about it, is I taught myself how to edit, how to use cameras, what camera to get, what sound equipment to get, uh, microphones, color grading, sound mixing, everything. Yeah. And you can teach yourself that for free on YouTube. Yeah. And there are so many people that are going to uni to learn these marketing courses, and by the time you're finished, it's changed. You know, yeah. you can learn, you know, philosophy behind marketing and all that type of stuff, whatever. But by the time you finish university, it has completely shifted. Changed, and if you're yeah. not on the cutting edge, then you're just going to work at some dead-end job where you're never going to work through the ranks and all that type of stuff to be, you know, the head of your game. Yeah. You have to, it's like being a doctor. You have to be on top of what the most current science is or the most current social media, whatever, is at that moment. Otherwise, you're falling behind. Yeah. So I'm always trying to think of different things. So that's why I've got the podcast. I've got a second channel with my wife. I've got a second podcast with my wife. Um, I put three videos out a week. We put, do Patreon stuff. We do, um, we're working on these, uh, this gym series. It's called Average Man. Right? Right. We're going to build a whole brand behind that. And the whole plan behind that is to get uh, well-known people into the gym, go through their training methods and all that type of stuff, then provide the people, the public, uh, a workout routine, diet plans, everything for free. So you have no excuse. Because yeah, I want to get yeah. blokes back into the gym, get them strong, yeah. and get them away from dying at a young age. This idea that we have to accept a dad bod, that's fine. Drink your piss, have a good time. But you've got to be strong at the same time. You genius. Gotta... So You're a genius, brother. That's the whole point You're of that. Genius. Is so give it to them for free. Let's go back to the, all the channels then. We might as well go there. Sure. Your wife, you mm -hmm. got a channel with her. Mm -hmm. What do you talk about? Well, we usually watch uh, and react to videos, um, sort of like... Uh, for example, there was a the video we, we're putting out um, this week or whatever it is uh, about a bloke who's with this lady who's definitely a male order bride and yeah. we're just taking the piss out of him. 
Right. Yeah. Uh, and then it sort of takes a turn. It pans out he's got a really uh, a, a, a terminal illness, and then we feel like pricks. Anyway, uh, we didn't know that uh, at the time. But then we do the podcast, and it's just that podcast is more of a female audience because it has right. her in it. And they learn about the actual person that I am, not this character who's yelling and screaming and carrying on all the time. I like that because even this, I mean, <laughs> I don't have the 1.8 million subscribers, but yeah. people are seeing a side of you like, the ultimate pro. Like you are a professional pro. You, you are you're an artist, you're a professional, you've but it's blowing me away. I, I didn't even know about this the channel with your wife. Then you've got your own podcast with a mate, I yep. noticed. Yeah, with Bluey and I yeah. we do the Cancel Me Now podcast, which is great fun. We used yeah. to do it with guests, but it's so hard to get guests. So hard. So we're not in LA where there's four hundred thousand yeah. people trying to be on social media. So yeah. to get people to come up to Newey, um, and, you know, I'm a homebody because I'm yeah. away all the time doing shows. I hate leaving the house. Yeah. I hate it. Like, I've been all over the world, as, as you have as yeah, well, obviously. Yeah. I, I love Newcastle. I love it. Yeah. It beats it beats New York. It beats LA. It yeah. beats London. I'm sorry, but yeah. Newcastle is where it's at, particularly where I live. You know, I moved 20 minutes out of the city, and I bought my house for the price of a fucking yeah. garage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's and right. I'm more than happy out here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we do that. We do the gym show. Um, I'm also working on a book at the moment as well, so I'm going to have that happening as well. And that's all about um, motivating young men, 18 to 30 or 35, to not just cruise through life at this point. Because you, love it. mate, that's what that's what I'm so pumped about I for next it. year. So well, now because you're, this is what I'm feeling. Correct me if I'm wrong. You started trying to work out how how I can be a comedian. Mm. You worked out the art of it, the hard work with it. But now you've You've gone to a point where how can I help other people? Like you, you help a lot of people by making them laugh, but now you're even going in a new world. Yeah. How can I help other people? Like this is like well, endless where, where you're going with it. This is what I hear from people all the time. You know, I didn't kill myself because of your podcast or, or all these things. And, and it's weird to hear that, right? It's weird to hear that because you don't really know how to react. Yeah. But I also get really positive messages about, man, I lost 30 kilos after listening to your video about the keto diet and... And I was 134 kilos when I finished playing footy. Yeah. And then two years later, I dropped down by eating a, a keto diet, low-carb, high-fat diet to yeah. 94. Yeah, right. So I dropped that. I'm about 104, 105 at the moment. But yeah. um, people hear that. They make, you know, they just work on themselves. They, that's, that's great. Because that's, the, that's well sort done, of like the full circle, as you said. Yeah. Make them laugh, help them, yeah. help themselves. Well done, brother. Um, Let's go to a couple of things around here, like this studio. Talk me through this on the wall. That is a buffalo. That is a, right. well, it was a buffalo. Uh, it was shot in the Northern Territory by a friend of mine called Adam Greentree, who is one of the best bow hunters in the world. So he goes around, shoots things. He'd actually be a great guest for your podcast. Yeah, right. He lives in Newcastle. Absolute I'd top love to. Yeah. He's a very, very nice guy. Uh, and the only other one, so he's got two of those heads. The only other one that exists is in Joe Rogan's studio that he gave to Joe Rogan as well. Yeah. yeah, right. So I love that. Um, I love everything on this table. It's uh, even from you know the, the the military helmets that I have in the background. I've got a German, an American, and an Australian helmet from World War II. I did an interview, a sound check. The interview never went to air, but I did a sound check with Dr. Phil right. uh, over a whole another thing um, that I was getting in trouble for. 
And the shot was sort of from this angle of the room back up against the Mona Butzman, which is on the wall. Yeah. Another one of my very weird and uh, wonderful things in here. And the only helmet that you could see was the German or Nazi helmet. Right. So I just looked like a bloke who had just had a Nazi helmet in his background. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes, mate, you sure you want that helmet? And they're like, oh, all right, yeah, probably should. I said, in context, there's three of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's. Uh, I'll just move that out of the way, and I put the American one there. But that was scary. Um, but you know, you've got some cool. So anyway, myself and you, we have something in common with Joe Rogan right now. Okay, what are we podcasting? Got? Yes, exactly. That's <laughs> maybe, about it. Maybe not to hundreds of millions, but but a few. We have the same office decoration as Joe. I have the same hairstyle as Joe. You're I'm as, going you're that as way. talented as Joe. Oh, thank you. Um, this here, I've just seen an old VHS. How good were they? So I bought that from the op shop. How much was Bo it? It's got, it's got the price tag on the back. How yeah. much did they sell that for back in the day? That's a, uh, the Eyes Brothers. That's say $18 or $13. That is $18.95. Mm. So I think it's um, 2001. So this was out in December 2001. Now, it's a weird... VHS to have. It is about um, so, uh, tap dogs, some tap dancing dudes. But on the topic of the old man, he actually assaults Sam Worthington in this movie, the guy out of Avatar, uh, in uh, in a shed. He's like a bikey and yeah. he's thug number two or something like that. <laughs> because and this was shot, it was in, shot Newcastle. in Newcastle. There's a scene yeah. in a Knights game too. Is there? Um, yeah, but he had the boot. Because when, when he did it, he didn't get, I don't think he got paid, which, oh, he might have got paid. No one hear me would have got paid. Uh, but he had Bootman pyjamas when I was growing up. These lime green, weird oh, looking pyjamas. Oh, yeah. He wore them for years. Who cares that he played hundreds of games? Don't worry about that. He played State of Origin. Bootman. One competition. One Bootman. Um, <laughs> he was yeah. the most capped Newcastle Knight, your dad, for a while. He was for a, yeah. lo for a long period of time. Yeah, and but, but his claim to fame is Bootman. <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, no, he, he's, his career was something that he doesn't really talk about too much. Like, yeah. he talks about footy a lot, loves talking footy, but he very um, keeps to himself about that, yeah. you know, which is, which is good. I'm a bit more, um, you know, I'm a bit more up myself than my dad, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Well, we have to do it. We need to talk about people that backed you along the way. You said a lot of people that said, no, nah, mm. this is impossible. But I saw a special moment between father and son. Yeah. We're in the City Origin camp. Your dad goes to the head coach, Brad Fittler, and says, mate, I need a, my son's starting out this comedy journey. Do you mind if he comes down and puts a show on for the boys? So I was part of this conversation, and Brad Fittler is amazing in those camps. We, the first part of the week is all about bonding. So mm. as you know, we have a drink together. But we, we start that day by training hard, because you bond by doing that. We then... We went and fed, fed the homeless. I'm not sure if you yeah, remember that. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we went and fed the homeless because that also bonds you and, and also like we're a believer and you do good things for people, good things happen. So we've, we've already trained really hard. We've gone and fed homeless people. And then it's drink time. So we then take the team to a pub. They get full of drink. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you're in the background going, oh, I've got to perform soon. I've got to be on soon. Well, I thought I was going to be on at the pub. At the pub. That's, That's what that right. was. I was under the impression. Yeah. And like you know, pubs aren't built for stand up, but okay. That's, That's what fine. You were willing to do. I'm happy How to do. How old were you? Twenty one. 
time? Uh, yeah, I would have been 21, 22. This was your first I drove down after work. You drove down after work. Well, I, I had done a few gigs, but yeah. not many. Yeah. But I drove down after work, um, so, you know, three-hour drive or whatever That's it was. Right. You were meant to be on at the pub, but everyone's getting a little bit too much to drink, so management goes, right, we've got to get the boys home. Or we'll go back to Coogee Bay. That's mm-hmm. where I was staying. Go to another pub. Yeah. But we're, oh, when are we going to let Butts, when are we going to let Butsy's son jump on the mic? Like, how's this going to work? Oh, just put him on the bus. Yeah. So we get on the bus from Woolloomooloo to Coogee, let's say 20, 30 minute drive. Butts, you're on. <laughs> you remember this? Like, I, I remember. I was it was like, it was horrible. You get up, <laughs> a bus full of drunks. Yeah. Who, you get up and they're like straight away, get off. Yeah, get hammering off, me. Get him off. And I remember, because I remember looking, I was sitting at the front, you're right next to me in the corridor and your dad's there. And I, I remember looking at your dad going, is he going to get up here and give it to the boys about, show some respect, you know, my son's trying to have a go. And yeah, yeah. I really thought that was about to happen, but your dad just took a breath and, no, let him go, let him go. And then, mate. My memory of it was then the boys heckle, heckle, heckle. And it got to a point, like this is a part where we don't usually go on my podcast, but got to a point where like, get your cock out. I didn't know if you were going to tell this, but yeah, I thought that might have been a secret. But the chant goes, get your cock out, get your cock out. And I was like, all right, this I can do. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why that was happening. Why they said that. But I was like, all right. Now, I'm in front of, you know, Brad Fiddler, yeah. I'm in front of you, I'm in front of my old man, <laughs> on a bus. The microphone I'm holding is like half the size of a phone. It's a bus microphone. That's right. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, all right. I think all I can do at this point is get my cock out. Yeah. And that was the move. I reefed my pants down. There was no warming up, so it was atrocious. <laughs> um I remember this de- like yesterday. Deplorable. I've tried to block it out, um, compartmentalise my trauma. Yeah. But um, yeah, did it and got a massive cheer. Yeah, yeah. And then it was on. It was on. And that's all I had to do. Yeah. Thankfully. Thankfully. Because <laughs> I'm trying to think of some of the players in the background, but they were like, get off, get off. And we're going, oh no, this is... And then cock out. And then it was like, the chant started. Yeah. Cock out, cock out, remember? And if I don't do it, yeah. Then it's it's over. And then you went, and then it was like, Rah! and then then you started your show. I forget what the jokes were, but I, I don't know what it was. But they went well. And then I sort of started to attack players and yell That's back at right. players, That's and I was right. having yeah. a crack at some of the front rowers. And I think we got off the bus, and 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 Blake Austin, who was yeah. playing probably what five eighth at the That's time, right. yeah. he said it was the best bus trip he's ever been. It on. was the best, mate. Which was very, very, very nice to hear because I was horrified. They by... still talk about it. Yeah? Yeah. Still Come talk on. about that day. Good, good. If only we had a camera. Oh, it would have been good to see. Mm-hmm. But this was like, there was some players on the bus that were recently in the news and I was bringing that up yeah, and having a crack yeah, at them. That's and, right, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was good. And, and I think it actually taught me a valuable, valuable lesson in hecklers is to just go full attack mode. Because yes, if someone if someone yells like it's and now like I say the most horrible shit to people when they yell out during the show right. like just horrible things but that's part of the contract too if you're going to open your mouth up if you're going to interrupt the show it's on 
Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's horrible things. But I think that's the only way to get people back on board. You have to destroy the heckler. Yes. Because if you let them win, then it's just awful, <laughs> right? Then you're the, the people walk away thinking you're the loser and all that type of stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a very interesting bus trip. And I, I tell everyone that story. Do you? Because uh, yeah. it is a really cool story. It was, it was horrible in the time, at the mo- at the, in the moment. Yeah. But you think back on it and you think that was really cool. It was a really cool little learning curve for me. Well, you mentioned learning. So you've obviously had a lot of learning since. That was a bus trip of 30 people. Where has your career gone with the live stuff? Because I know we've, we've mentioned like your 1.8 million YouTube subscribers and growing fast yeah. and your podcast and this and that. Like the social stuff's off the charts. Where's your live stuff gone? What's, your, what's the biggest you've... Performed? The biggest show I've done is 2,000 people. Okay. And I filmed a special uh, that was... I'm not sure if it's on Amazon still, but it was on Amazon for a while. It's on YouTube too. Um, at the Enmore in Sydney. Right. So I sold that out, which was just amazing because I'd seen so many comedy acts there in the past. Yeah. Um, the Civic Theatre here in Newcastle, it's like 1,500 people. In Perth, three weeks, four weeks ago, I did uh, back-to-back shows with almost 1,000 people in both, show and, both shows. And, man, it's just been mad. Like, I've done, uh, when I was over in, in London, when you were there, I was doing um, a UK tour, you know, did shows over there. And I had like 500 people in London. Wow. It was mad. And they were all, like, all, all, all English. And do you enjoy that the most because you get the live stuff or, or do you enjoy this stuff? They're both the very different. Yeah. Because here I love it because, you know, I'm at home. I can right. go to the gym. I can hang yeah. out with the dogs and the missus and that's all beautiful. Yeah. The live shows are fun. Uh, this year was a bit different because I had the same show for three years because of COVID. Right. So the tour lasted for three years. So I just wanted to get it done. I was just off it. Yeah. Um, but the next tour I do, I'm going to have... We're having a baby boy. I'm going to have my little man with us. You know, he's going to be able to come along. And all those amazing things that I got to do with my dad, like go to the games, go out in the field, all that type of stuff. He's going to be able to do that with me. Go on the stage after the show and sit in big rounds. I just, I'm so pumped about that. That's so good. I'm so pumped about that. The first photo I looked at when I came in was you and your dad. Yeah. You and your Knights jersey. Your dad just finished playing. I, yeah, I mean, I remember so that good. stuff like it was yesterday. It was, it was, I was very, very, because I've got four other brothers who weren't around when he was playing. Jonas right. was born in the end of 2000, no, 2000, he was born at some point. Yeah. Um, you know, and he wasn't there when, when dad was playing and, and I was lucky enough. Like at the 97 grand final, best yeah. grand final of all time, sorry, cowboy fans, I was on the bus on the way home yeah. with all the players. Yeah, so right. it, was a team, it was a team bus full of piss and all How this type of stuff. You? I was four. Four on that bus? On that bus. The bus that goes through and the crowd and all that type of stuff. Man, that, that was, I mean, obviously I don't remember it, but yeah. I was, I can remember getting to the stadium and getting into the car with my grand, but, because um, they went to the stadium and then they went to the big party. Yeah. Thankfully I was off by then. But uh, yeah, that was, that was I mad. I think by the end of that bus trip, your dad would have gone, might be time for you to leave oh, or something. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I was shocked that I was on. I was like, what? Okay. Um, That's so good. But the live shows are amazing. And yeah. the great thing about the live shows is I get to meet everyone. So after the show, I do an hour and a bit on stage, and then I'll go and stand for three hours and get photos of everyone. Two yeah. hours, three hours, depending on how big the crowd is, obviously. Two or three hours, sign autographs, sell merch, like, you know, all that type of stuff. The people that you've attacked, the hecklers, they come and have a laugh? Or does yeah, they love ever, it. Does anyone ever get, like... There's been a couple of people try to get up on stage and 
Have they? Well, I mean, one bloke wasn't in the show, but he turned up at the show trying to blew me. Really? And I was just like, yeah, mate, whatever. Other people um, have been pretty cool. I've only kicked three people out of shows in four years of doing big shows. Yeah. And every one of those was just someone who was just paralytic drunk, just being a nuisance okay. to people. It's fine, like, heckle, cool. But if you're pissing people off around you for the entire show, you know, yeah, yeah, they yeah. pay their money, don't ruin it for other people. Other than that, go for your life. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, the live shows are great. And yeah. meeting people's cool and doing all that type of stuff. What else do we do? We also do these paranormal investigations. We do right. ghost hunts. Yeah, right. we uh, we've we've hunted for big uh, well, the Yowies in, in uh, outback uh, <laughs> Queensland. I haven't seen this. It's real. We we made yeah, them right. to try and sell them to streaming companies. Um, yeah, right. So they're all like TV quality. Um, but yeah, we'd done like all these ghost investigations and stuff. And I had yeah. a, like I had a paranormal experience on camera. I had a whisper in my ear. Yeah, right. And um, yeah, it's cool. Wow. Yeah. So we we do all do different all types sorts. of things. We even and the sell merchandise. You sell heaps of merchandise. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Because the I watched shirts. one last night. Well, obviously I know I'm coming here today. I watched one of your YouTube just quickly. I didn't get through the whole lot. It's one of your live ones. Sure. Where people are writing to you and you're like selling stuff as you're talking and oh, yeah. ringing people up. And yeah. The, oh, we used to do these giveaways where we give yeah. away like five grand and we'd. You know, we do this and do that and all that type of stuff. There's actually some merch behind you that I didn't put here for the for the interview, but there's a merch on that on that um, chair behind you right there that yeah, we're right. doing for babies. So oh, you know how I've got a well. I've got a saying, "Me dick stinks, my butt stinks, my butt stinks," right? <laughs> yes. Well, you didn't do that deliberate, but we might as well might as well it. put it there because your merchandise is going off, right? Oh, mate, it's like we do more sales than. You know, a shopping centre. Like it's crazy. Wow. So yeah. I don't, I don't need to know about your income and that, but I, I think it feels like the current day in your industry, like the old days, may have been people rely on selling out shows. Mm. You've got all different income streams going on. It seems you've got your merchandise, you've got your live show, you've got this, you've got that. You're a genius, brother. <laughs> well, I, I have I have to have everything going because I and this is how I always think about it. And I think about it with footballers and sports people as well. You don't know if your career is going to last another ten days or ten years, and that's how I always look at this. Yeah. You have to make your money while the going's good. Otherwise, you're going to look back and go, "I should have done that." Like I had a brand deal years ago with Burger King. They offered me ten grand. Yeah. Or Hungry Jacks it is in Australia. Yeah. They offered me ten grand to be in this ad, and I said, "No, nah, I want more." And they offered me 12 and I was like, oh, is it a good idea for me personally to be in this ad? Is this going to affect my career? What a dickhead move. Take yeah. the money, mate. Yeah. Now I look at that and I go, okay, I wouldn't, probably wouldn't do it for 10. But no. um, I'd ask a little bit more. I think I could maybe get a little bit more. But, mate, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. I'll sell anything. Yeah. I don't give a yeah. Like, you know, there's a lot of people and sports people. And oh, no, this doesn't work. It doesn't work for Shut me. Shut up, yeah. mate. Take the cash, yeah. look after your kids, and you got to look after your kids. But but this is genius because they reckon anything to do with births or marriages, yep, or deaths, it. yep, is the big bucks. Oh, I know. So I just, just got just married. Jesus <laughs> you just Christ, <laughs> man, it's crazy how much bloody weddings yeah. cost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's well. When COVID happened, I couldn't rely on um, live shows for income, so I had to sort of think of another way. And merchandise yeah. was it because everyone was at home too. They're like, okay, I want to buy something, I want to do something. So we did these big merch drops and we're selling all these clothes. Like, 
I don't even know the numbers on it, but it was it's not crazy like some YouTubers who make ten million dollars in a in a drop. That yeah. certainly wasn't me, but it was pretty incredible. It's getting that way. I it's, mean it's it's good. Because what I watched on first of all when I knew I was coming out quickly had a look. It's like Yeah, so when I, I feel like I know you through your father, but I didn't know all the things you were doing. Mm. I knew my son followed you. And then I looked last night, I was like my God, like you're getting more views than a rugby league game on free-to-air TV. Yeah, yeah. There's big, view, like it's big numbers. You know? And not and, every video is like that. And you're selling stuff live and you, there's, you've got, you've got stuff going on, like 1.8 million subscribers and I dare say next time I come back next year it's probably double, triple that, the way that industry It grows, it definitely grow. grows. Like you have more pull than... The NRL does viewers each week. Like, well, someone told me this the other day. I am, I have more followers on Instagram than any rugby league player in Australia. Yeah. So I'm better than all, yeah. of, all of you. You got Hello. that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fascinating because even look at <coughs> the way sports go in the entertainment. Go, look at the boxing. Like, I, I want to see you have a fight. Yeah. I, I want to see you get in the boxing ring yeah. because you have more. Like, look at. You know, I've worked with boxers, world-class boxers, and people that strive and work hard for all these. But now someone turns up with 1.8 million subscribers and you could earn more money than that boxer yeah. who's just trained for 20 years. You look at like Jake Paul, people like that. He's making, he's, well, Logan Paul fought Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. That's crazy, right? And they, they're getting as many pay-per-views as Tyson used to yeah. get. You know, like Mate, I'd, I'd, if the money's right, I'd do it. Can I be your promoter? Mate, I, I, I got knocked out playing footy for free. Let's do Let's it. Let's go. This is a first. <laughs> this Please. Is a first. I'll so do who, it. Who should we call out? Um, all right, let's call out uh, just someone small that I could Start probably with. take. Maybe like, a, I don't know, uh, Josh Papali or... Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I've done a bit of boxing in my, in my past, but not I cannot fight. But we'll see how we go. No, no. I reckon you... I, I think you would have a bit of that in you. The way you've grown up, the way... There's a famous story. I know a guy that debuted in the front row against your father and he said he just copped a headbutt from your dad like yeah. straight away, you know, like But he's like know. that, man. We we played <laughs> we played together. One game we played together up at uh, East Maitland. It was a, a Dudley playing East Maitland and we and then we packed into the front row together. Yeah. And he's just he, he was must have been 49, 50 at the time. He's just f***ing hard, man. Like yeah. just headbutting, yeah, like running in, hard, just I'm like, what are you doing? But mate? then you played in the front row. I am positive we put you up against someone. I can't believe how far this is going to go, Aaron. It's your job to follow this up. We need to call out a boxer. Seriously, a mate. boxer, mate? No, not a good boxer. Like you need Logan Paul. What he's doing? Like Paul Gallon, someone a bit not not too good. You take on Paul Gallon. So Paul Gallon became the biggest pay per view boxer yeah. in Australia for a long time yep. now. Purely because of his following from rugby league, we've sure. just said you just said it. You have more following than rugby league players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if Paul Gallen, who's earned more in boxing in a couple of years than he ever yes, did yes. in his Very rugby true. league career, Very true. it seems like you're willing to do anything. Jump in, brother. Yeah, but the, the, the epilepsy thing worries me. Oh sh. I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's probably what the only thing that stopped not, me. Not being able to see out of one eye. Yeah. That, that's a problem. I mean, that's a problem. I um. I have thought about it, it for a long period. It was a good idea. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put an eye patch on. Okay. 
pencil me now. I saw you call out and say that you could beat any female rugby league player. Oh, Let's please. even the playing field. I, you call I, out a female rugby <laughs> player. I will, beat, I will beat up any female rugby league player. <laughs> no, we're talking about, you know, how would I go against the female rugby league team? And I said, I'd Oh, you would? Yeah, all that. I, They're I good. listen to that because Aaron sent it to me. Aaron sent it to me. I listened to it on the way. Um, who did we talk? Who did you talk about? Millie Boyle. Millie, mate. I'm worried she would beat your brother. No, I, mate. I'll, uh, I've been thinking about it uh, and I've looked into Millie. Mate, Millie. I'm coming for you, Millie. <laughs> Millie. I had a little bit to do with Millie yep. at the start of this year. My God. She's mate, a gun? She, gun athlete, gun person. Gun leader. Yeah. Oh, my God. She, she is what every elite team, male or female, need. Like, I tell you what, the NRLW so good. is leaps and bounds ahead of the AFLW. Mm. Like, they are just they're such a great sport to Like, a, the female version of the sport, such a great sport yeah. to watch. Yeah. Like, they are great footballers. And they. this is what I love about what... And I think the NRL could do this better. I think the AFL could do this better. The UFC... They never made it about, oh, these are the females coming in. Yeah. They just went, no, no, this is just, this is obviously the female division. Yeah. Put it in. Put it in. They prove themselves. And I think that's what the Knights team did this year yeah. in, the, in the NRLW. It wasn't about that they were chicks or they were, you know, well, any of that stuff. Yeah. They were just good footballers and they did it. Yeah. And, you know, obviously me talking shit about Millie Boyle is, is a bit of tongue in cheek. Of course. But, you know, um, I could beat her in a fight. But I do think. Maybe there's the fight. That's the fight. Yeah. Jeez, imagine if I get tapped. That's the fight because I, I don't want her to. I don't want her to do rugby league against you because. Yes, mate, she's good. I know you were good, but I was not good. But maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe there's there's the fight. Yeah, oh, a bit of jujitsu. I tell you what, it'd go to a lot of viewers. It'd go to oh. more viewers than any other fight. That's well, what I mean. some people call me a misogynist, so it'd probably play into that role, wouldn't it? Me fighting a woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. But have, I, you, have you done sparring though? If, yeah, yeah. I've also done sparring in um, the, the the craziest sparring I've done is as a knight. So mm. I wore full knight's armor. Yeah. And they use real swords and axes. Yeah. And <laughs> what? I'll show you. Um, have you never, mate? I'm telling you, you gotta you gotta check out the old YouTube channel, mate. I, I will. I should have been more prepared, but so... I felt like it's really weird. I felt like I knew you that we could just chat without. Like we have, you know. I've done a little bit of sparring with. Uh, there's a bloke by the name of John Wayne Parr. Uh, I've done a bit of sparring yeah, with yeah. him, but he beat yeah. the shit out of me. He was, um, but he was, and he was only mucking around, sort of things. Um, so yeah, we did this um, medieval knight fighting. Uh, so I think that that might that's actually John Wayne Parr there who just got pushed over. <laughs> but there's, I think that's me or something like that. But these guys, there's me there. So that's me swinging that sword. Um, it's crazy. And they just smash the out of each other. It's insane. You cop these big, like, giant axes. They buy axes from Bunnings, and they just blunt them. Yeah. And there's whack it out of people. Mate, well, if you were willing to do that, we need to get you in a fight. I think I'd be all right. I think I'd, I think I'd live. That's, yeah. that, that's, that's the most important thing at the end of the day. Well, there's the challenge, if I can follow you up. But you t you're very busy, so I'm not sure how Busy this man, and I don't want to sure have any more brain going. damage. I've got, not sure I think I've been knocked out enough, to be um, honest. But, mate, I've loved chatting to you. Thank you know you. what I've loved? A little bit of humour there, but I didn't want to... Like, I'm not a comedian. 
I didn't, I didn't even know if I was going to bring the cock out story. I'm glad you uh, did because yeah, yeah. I didn't want to leave it. Yeah. But yeah. I'm glad it made it in. But I wanted to know the serious side of you. You're a great bloke who there is a soft side of you. Thanks, mate. And there's a, you know, people see what they see, but that's very deliberate, obviously. Yes. You're yes. an artist, you're an expert at what you do. Loved, thanks for having us in your studio. Awesome studio. Um, thanks to your wife for looking after us as well, mate. Such a pleasure to catch up with you and say hello to your old man. I, I love him. Um, good man. <clears throat> but yeah, thanks again, brother. You're very welcome. And bloody, where do people find this fine podcast? Is it on iTunes? Is it on Spotify? Where yeah. is it? Yeah, it's on all the podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify. And we've just started with the YouTube. Knowles? Ladies and gentlemen, go and check out Get The Edge with Hayden Knowles on Spotify, iTunes. Get it on YouTube. It's probably on Instagram. Might even be on Snapchat as well. We'll be back next week with a very exciting interview with Ivan Cleary. Ladies and gentlemen, Ivan Cleary next week. Make sure you check it out. If you don't, you are a shameful person.